Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and uh, this is an exciting hour for many reasons. One is we've reached the point where we are going to now um, say who won the big pastor appreciation trip. And it has been an incredible response from listeners. We asked you in the month of October to nominate your pastor for Pastor Appreciation Month, and we got 450 nominations. So then we sort uh, through them and read all of them, but we just went in and randomly drew someone that would win an outstanding trip to the Billy Graham Cove Training Center in Asheville, North Carolina. And today's the day we reveal who that person is, and we're going to go all the way to Brandon, South Dakota right now. I already spoke to him, so uh, at Living Springs Church, here he is. Hello, Pastor Gordon. Well, howdy. Nice to uh, nice to meet you. Say, yeah. at, I host the afternoon show here at Faith Radio, and we decided that it would be really lovely in October to have Pastor Appreciation Month. So what we decided to do was to say, um, let's celebrate pastors. And can you believe it? We had 450 people nominate their pastor. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So I decided that, uh, you know, as the host, I would take maybe a, a dozen or so people who uh, were nominated and just call them and just say, hey, we are so appreciative of your work and who you are and what you do and how you serve the Lord. And I thought it'd be kind of nice if you heard who nominated you from your church. And I'll read you exactly what she said. It That'd was someone named Chris. And she said, Pastor Richard has gone above and beyond to serve God and bring souls to Christ. He is hardworking, gentle, strong, faithful, friendly, honest, caring, and faithful to the truth of the gospel. I respect him, his sense of humor, and open heart. We are a small church, and he works with pride, making the congregation feel as if we are valued. Mm. How nice is that? That is extremely nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it we is. Just, we Very just wanted nice. to let you know you are loved and cared for, and the people in your congregation think you're great. So we also decided that uh, with all these contestants, that somewhere down the road, we're going to do a drawing, um, and we're going to call someone, I don't know, a couple weeks from now, and let them know that they're going to be eligible to be in this drawing to win a trip to the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina, this would be I know uh, the neighborhood. You, yeah, you know the neighborhood. So you get to select uh, the person would get to select the dates that they would go anytime in 2022, and all expenses are paid. So that's you know that's sometime down the road. But we just wanted you to know that you're uh, you're in the running. So wow, that and, is that's quite an honor. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm a busy guy. I, I can't call you back. You won. You won the trip. Oh, seriously. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're the that, winner. That is really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to wow. send you and your wife to the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove in Asheville for a retreat in the mountains. And you're going to mm-hmm. pick the dates. We'll send you a, a, a brochure of all the events that are coming up. And you can pick what weekend you want to go. All expenses paid. Wow. Wow, that is, like, really cool. Yeah. Hey, have you ever won anything before? Well, actually, when I was about nine, I won a bicycle on TV. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to but hear that. But this outdoes that. Just saying. It outdoes yeah, I think that. it does out that, outdo that. So it's just been really nice to meet you, and uh, what a uh, joy it is for me to tell you you're the winner, and and thank you for the the work you're doing and the way you're serving the Lord so faithfully. Wow. You, you, you more than made my day. Good. I think you made my year. Good. So thank you so much, Bill. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're so welcome. And uh, have a wonderful rest of the day and a very happy Thanksgiving. And we'd love to talk to you after your, your trip in 2022. We'd love to hear how it went. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. And have a great day. Thank you. All right. Oh, that was a lot of fun. And congratulations to Pastor Gordon. And um, thank you, everyone who nominated their pastor. And we love all pastors. And You may not have won the trip, but uh, we are going to send out this beautiful nomination letter that came uh, with a lovely card coming up here in the next week or so. So thank you to all the pastors and all the people that nominated. It was really great. So I asked uh, Peter from Guide Talk if he would want to stick around for a little bit because he is a professor right here at the University of Northwestern. And when I was talking about the topic I'm going to talk about with Dr. Bob Mueller, he said, "Uh oh, we talked about that yesterday in class. Was it yesterday? Well, it was, yeah, this, this past week in my yeah. sexuality class, what you're talking about up next. Good. And I, yeah, just was stunning in terms of how relevant it was at that time. Yeah. So Dr. Bob Moeller is uh, my guest for the hour. He's one of the books he's written is called Six Hearts of Intimacy, Enjoy Deeper Love and Passion in Marriage. He's a regular guest. And I'm so glad to have him back. Bob, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, so you can say hi to Peter too. He's not going to stay the whole hour, but stick around for a little bit. <laughs> Indeed. Peter, nice to meet you. You too. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about uh, soul ties. And first of all, I'm going to ask you exactly what are soul ties, Bob? Well, I define them this way. They're the invisible but powerful emotional spiritual bonds that are formed between two people uh, that engage in sexual activity with one another. And God created these bonds, uh, these soul bonds, as part of his plan in Genesis chapter 2 when he speaks of us becoming uniting and becoming one flesh. All right. And Bob, this is a, it's a tricky topic, even the way that you defined it. That was my understanding as well. When you get into the one flesh relationship that way. And and I know when I was talking with, uh, and as I've talked about with this, with young people over the years, it, the room gets really quiet. And, and I think, among the things that happen in, in that room is, is people aren't often taught about this when it comes to sexual union, about what's going on beyond the realm of the physical. Uh, and, and then they wonder why they feel anxious and confused and, and tumultuous. And, and I think in most even Christian rooms that I find myself, it's, it's somewhere between 60 to 80% of the people have some version of soul ties of which you describe. And, and it really does wreak havoc relationally. I, I think you're absolutely right, and it's not talked about enough. You know, there's the don't do this that we, we, we tell kids, but we often don't, you know, go go uh, deep enough into the why that it isn't just wrong because God says it's wrong. Of course, that alone is enough, but but he's trying to spare us the this baggage. He's 
trying to spare us these lingering uh, emotional and what I call negative soul ties that can follow you into your marriage, you know, whether you marry that person or someone else. And it can result in all sorts of unintended consequences like blame and guilt, conflict, rejection of one another, lack of sympathy. And so um, who needs all that? When you're starting a marriage, mm-hmm. Bob, let's break down. Let's break down what these soul ties are. I know we've got, I think, about five points that we can cover to to add some meat to this bone. Well, let's go back to something in First Corinthians six because uh, Paul addresses this issue in verses thirteen to seventeen. He says the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Then he gets very, um, very pointed. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Now, I want to stop there and say he's not limiting, you know, the damage that can be done, the collateral damage just to, you know, being involved with a prostitute. It's it's any kind of uh, sexually intimate activity outside of marriage. He goes, never should this be done. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So he's talking about a oneness that can be developed, either inside or outside of marriage. Within marriage, it's, it's a blessing. Outside of marriage, um, it's a sin. And it has consequences. And it, uh, it can really damage the quality of your marriage going forward unless you really recognize what happened and deal with these, these past soul ties. Wow. So let's, let's dive into a little bit. I mean, these soul ties are they're, they're invisible, but they're very powerful, both emotionally and spiritually, aren't they? Well, they are. You know, people sometimes will, you know, who come you know, for count for premarital or for marital help in our ministry, we we deal with a lot of primarily troubled marriages. Uh, inevitably, um, almost inevitably, there has been premarital sexual activity, which can actually create negative soul bonds between a husband and a wife. Or at least, you know, that premarital sexual activity is going to have an impact on the quality of their marriage. In fact, one friend of mine put down 17 unintended consequences of, you know, moral failure and defrauding prior to marriage. And these have to be recognized and and have to be dealt with. But it isn't just, you know, um, simply physical intimacy prior to marriage. I think involvement in pornography, for example, where um, you're watching, which I define pornography as visual adultery, um, where you can form uh, soul ties emotionally, mentally, otherwise with the, the images and the things that you're looking at and find that very much um, a burden on your soul moving forward, particularly if you want to get married. Mm-hmm. I've had men that I was working with uh, prior to getting married um, say, you know, something I, I just don't seem to be able to um, – I just don't be able to see, be able to move forward in any relationship, and 
you know, something they'll say, I'm not sure I want to get married because what I've, I've been watching the last few years has to be better than anything marriage could offer. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd rather be single. So that, that's one example where I think soul ties, you know, can can occur and, and can really begin to change the direction of our lives in a sad way. Mm-hmm. Let me take a short break. Dr. Bob Moeller is my guest. We're talking about soul ties. Dr. Peter Kaffner has hung around for a little while. I don't know how long he's going to be here, but awfully glad to have him as well. We'll be right back. Moeller is my guest. He's written a book with his wife, Cheryl, called The Six Hearts of Intimacy, Enjoy Enjoy Deeper Love and Passion in Marriage. His ministry is fourkeepsministries.com, fourkeepsministries.com. Today we're talking um, about soul ties, which is an interesting topic. I, I've not talked about this before. And so, Bob, I appreciate uh, what you're bringing uh, to us today with this. And we were talking very quickly during the break. Peter, you had something I thought was an excellent point to bring up. Yeah, Bob, we were talking just a little bit about uh, the importance of the marital vows as having the right context for people to, to create these ties because they are so profound relationally and spiritually. And so uh, it's really only appropriate for when you've looked across the aisle at somebody and said, so here's the deal. No matter what happens in our life, uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And And, and once those vows are in place then there's this sort of freedom to form these ties together in a way that won't bring fear and anxiety and turmoil and wondering because union outside of those those vows is going to be quite anxiety creating because you could leave and and then it just leaves people with a lot of ties that maybe they didn't even know that they created. So I guess it's two things. Maybe if you could speak about the importance of the vows a little bit, but also start giving us some some light into so what do we begin to do and how do we begin to heal from some of these things? Yeah, excellent questions. Um the vows are so important. You know, I get the question, you know, what's in a culture where the majority of people now live together prior to marriage, if they do get married, somewhere up at least 67% or more of couples do that now. Um, you know, the question is, well, what difference does a marriage certificate make? You know, what, we, we love each other, we're, we're committed to each other, this type of thing. Well, a marriage certificate itself is, you know, not not in any sense um, um, something that that makes or breaks a marriage. It's what Peter was talking about. It's the covenant that it represents that you have promised before God and others that you will keep this person only unto yourself for as long as you both shall live. And there is nothing like marriage except marriage. Living together, you know, they say it's a trial marriage. No, it isn't. It's like a trial pregnancy. You know, that's like saying there's trial pregnancies. Um, you either are or you aren't. And uh, a, a, a trial marriage is not a trial marriage because you haven't made those lifelong binding uh, covenantal promises. God is a covenantal God. Uh, he had a covenant in the Old Testament, and now we live under the New Covenant that was sealed with his blood through the the work of the cross. 
And being made in the image of God, um, marriage was created to be a covenant. Just, just as God is a covenant God, we are to be covenant people. And only in the only in um, within the framework of covenant, only within you know that type of lifelong binding promise can you have the freedom to form the most intimate bonds that we can ever experience in life. Um, and so it makes all the difference in the world, if you will, whether we are married or not. Um, and people who who have experimented with um, trying to create bonds outside a covenant inevitably get hurt in, in one way or another, often in, you know, on many levels. I remember as a young pastor, actually, when I was living in Minneapolis, a woman called me one day who had been living with her boyfriend. They had been attending our church for quite a while, and we were trying to you know, win them to Christ. They weren't believers at the time. And she called up one day, almost hysterical, crying and inconsolable. She said, uh, I'll call him David. Uh, David left this morning. He didn't explain why. He just got up. He left. He's gone, and he's not coming back. And she, how could he do this to me? Well, you know, I, I didn't say it at the time, but, you know, if you make no promises, you can break no promises, Right. Um, if there never was a covenant, you know, that, that should have been established, it was just as long as we both shall love, not as long as we both shall live. That's, that was their arrangement, and he took advantage of it, and she was left heartbroken. Um, so, yeah, it is only within the vows. I get very nervous, I'll be honest, Peter, when people rewrite vows, come up with their own. Sometimes it's okay, but I sometimes cringe because they're not promising the things that need to be promised mm. in absolute fidelity, lifelong fealty to one another, uh, sticking it out with one another, hanging in there through good and bad sickness and health till death do we part. And that's the soul bond that God wants our sexual relationship to reinforce is that we are committed to one another and one another only until death. And within that, there is tremendous freedom. And Bob, I, we were just uh, talking here a little bit too that uh, any of the couples that I've counseled over the years that maybe en- engaged in sexual activity prior to their marriage, even with one another, maybe even during the engagement, that they struggle with their with their sexual activity post vows because there is even two different kinds of ties created, even though it was the same person or the same people, right? They. Yeah. The ties created pre-marriage, pre-vow. There's something I get a little teary oftentimes when I'm officiating a wedding, and you, you almost begin to feel through the power of the vows being spoken to one another that you said about like lifelong fidelity. We will not leave each other. And Scripture talks about God winding two people together. You can almost sense it up front that God is doing that work of winding as He's kind of inhabiting the vows being spoken across the aisle one to another, and the ties that are then created post that time, that the celebration of the relationship and the intimacy and the wonder and all that are really different than any kind of tie that would be created uh, previous to the vows. Oh, absolutely. You know, the Bible, Jesus said in Matthew 19, which is the most he ever talked about marriage, he said, um, therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. And, you know, I think I tell people, uh, I've been a pastor since you know, for 40 years, and I've never married anybody. 
And they look at me like, what? <laughs> and I go, oh, no, I haven't. I've officiated at dozens of ceremonies, but it's God who marries. You know, it says, look, who God has joined together, not who Pastor Moeller joined together, who God has joined together. And I get that same sense of wonder, you know, that a miracle is taking place. Two people walked in, one are walking out. Something different is walking down the aisle than what walked up the aisle. And it's because of the miracle that, that God does when two people are married. And, and the, the honeymoon is simply the consummation and affirmation of that. But you're right. People that have been involved premaritally, they have a different something that they bring even to the, to the wedding unless they've really resolved that. Um, I kind of joke and say I can tell whether a couple has been involved premaritally or not by how close they sit together when I'm uh, counseling them, doing premarital counseling. Are they acting like a couple that's been married 10 years and are bored with each other? You know, and there isn't that, that, that excitement, that wonder, that anticipation. There's just that, yeah, I, I, I guess so type of attitude. Um, and most of the time, I, get, I, I think I'm right when that, yeah, there has been premarital sexual activity. And so they have a negative soul bond, and particularly if they've had relationships prior to that with other people. I, I kind of illustrate it this way. Each time we're involved in an intimate way with another person, they get part of our heart. And um, when they get part of their heart, it stays with them. And then we have another person, and we divide my heart again. And I divide it again and again and again. And then I wonder when I get married why I can't give my spouse my whole heart. Well, it's because it's been divided and subdivided uh, over and over again. And that kind of brings me to the second part of your question, like, well, what do you do with that? Well, you've got to go back, I believe, and specifically confess, that means to agree with God, that you were involved with someone in a way that you should not, and to ask his forgiveness. And to ask him to restore what you gave away, to bring back that part of your heart, if you will, or soul, that was joined to another person. You know, I am encouraged by Psalm 23 that says, the Lord restores my soul. And um, sometimes that's exactly what is needed. And we need to go back and say, Lord, I confess that I did this with that person and created this soul tie, and we even have some specific prayers that we have people read. Hmm. Bob, it's time for us to take a short break, so let me do that. If you have any question for Dr. Bob Moeller, or maybe you heard something you need clarification on, let me know what that is. You can text the question or comment to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. talking about negative soul ties and then we're going to talk about establishing positive soul ties as well that's all coming up next be right back Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey. It's the 
Dr. Bob Moeller is my guest. We're talking about soul ties today. I think this is a topic I don't know if I've tackled before. Rosie's looking at me and thinking, no, I don't think we've discussed this. And this is one that I, 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 I've been praying during the break for people who have heard these words and have started to feel uh, troubled by it. And I think there's going to be hopeful news going forward as we continue to talk about um, how to break negative soul ties if you've experienced that. So, Bob, uh, we've lost Peter. He had to go be with his family. So let's uh, talk about God's plan for establishing some positive soul ties. Well, let me begin with Scripture, as we do. Um, It's uh, Jesus quotes in Matthew 19, 4 through 6. He said, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. So um, there's there's the plan, mm-hmm. that uh, we be united and become one flesh, and that we establish this positive soul tie. But um, let's say for listeners that are listening today, they go, well, that's not the path we walked, or that's not the path I walked. And it may very well be that um, you're experiencing in your marriage some of the consequences of that and didn't know where it was coming from. You know, why don't we have sympathy for one another? Why don't we trust each other? Why don't we have a desire to be together? Um, Why is it that we blame each other? Why is it, you know, just a number of things? Now, there could be other reasons, obviously. But I think the most overlooked one in terms of my working with couples is the fact that you have negative soul ties that were established between the two of you or with other people. And that is just coming to bear, as Peter was talking about, um, uh, as he's witnessed in, in people's lives as well. Well, you know, we do have to know how bad the bad news is in order to know how good the good news is. You know, mm-hmm. that thankfully, the grace of God does not leave us stuck in our mistakes, in our wrongdoing. That uh, the mercy of God always provides a way back. The grace of God does. Um, if we're willing to follow it, if we're willing to recognize that. In Galatians 5.1, it says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, that freedom is supposed to be the a hallmark, you know, the distinguishing characteristic of a believer, that they're free in their soul, mind, and spirit, that uh, Jesus has come to, to give them freedom. So if, if, we, if I have negative soul ties or my husband or my wife and I do, where do we go from here? Well, the very first step is that you need to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not. Those soul ties can't be broken except by the power of Christ. And only when we come to him and confess uh, our sin, uh, our inability to save ourselves, the fact that uh, we've fallen short of the glory of God, that it's only the finished work of Christ and the cross that can cancel our sin debt and give us the power to be free of our past, that uh, his blood was shed and paid for uh, the debts that we created 
through our sinful behavior of, of all sorts. If we, if we don't have that relationship, I don't believe we're going to be able to break those soul ties. We can try and forget them. We can try and shove them out of their mind, but I think they're going to find their way back into our lives. Amen. So first step, you need to find and uh, ask Christ to be your Savior and put your, your faith in, in Him alone for that. Okay, let's assume you've done that. The second step, then, is, is what we call confession, which in the Greek actually means to agree with God. It's agreement. The, the Greek word means to agree with. So when we confess our sins, we're agreeing with God. We did things that we should not have done that violate his character, our word, and, and his plan for our lives. And so we, uh, what I encourage people to do is actually make a list of uh, their moral failures um, in their lives. I'm talking about sexually speaking, going back as far as they remember, watching pornography, uh, defrauding uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend. And by defrauding, I mean taking that which did not belong to you at the time. doesn't mean full sexual intimacy. It can involve sexual activity um, of of you know a variety all the all the lead up to full sexual um, intercourse if if you've been involved in that to specifically say lord i and and i have some prayers here i'm going to read sample prayers we're going to post them to our website these are not magical these aren't the only way these are just representative of the truth we're trying to share this afternoon Uh, but if you pray them in sincerity i think god will answer and uh, we'll, we'll do a wonderful work in your life in this area. But we need to confess with the person what it is exactly that we did. And then we need to ask his forgiveness for that. Lord, I, I ask your forgiveness for my involvement with the person that involved this or that. And as I say, it can involve not only just actual physical intimacy of sorts, uh, it can involve Maybe you've had an emotional affair with someone. Maybe you've fallen in love with someone and you've exchanged words of love and all sorts of other things. You've become emotionally intimate with them. Um, that is creating a soul tie. Uh, perhaps you've been captive per- to pornography. Uh, maybe you've gone to strip clubs. Maybe you've called the 1-900 numbers or whatever they are. I mean, there's unfortunately so many ways um, that we can end up uh, in, in moral failure that I believe can, can be binding upon us, um, our, our hearts. And so we confess all of those different things and ask his forgiveness for it. Then I encourage people in the name and the authority of Christ to announce that you are uh, severing that soul tie that you are, Lord, I am in your name and in your authority, um, uh, in the power of the atonement, I am canceling this bond with this person. Lord, sever it. I want no more of it. Let me, for example, give you a prayer that I sometimes encourage people. Lord, I acknowledge and renounce my sinful involvement with the specific moral failure, with a name, and ask you to break that stronghold in my life. Jesus, I come to you asking that you separate my mind, body, soul, and spirit, and all my emotions from any negative soul ties with this person. 
If there are any lies I believe, any influences I feel, any words said to me, any threats made, or any images I think about, would you show me and break the negative connections between me and that person in Jesus' name? Now, let me give you a second prayer, um, particularly, and this is, Bill, this is difficult without a whole other program to discuss. But negative soul ties can be forced upon us uh, when we are abused. That doesn't mean we willingly participated. It doesn't mean it's our guilt or our whatever. But the power of sexual intimacy is so strong that when someone abuses us, it is possible that a negative soul tie to that person has been created. And so one of the prayers we use is, Jesus, if anything was robbed from me or taken from me, my innocence, trust, protection, freedom, joy, identity, childhood, self-respect, would you return it to my heart and make my heart whole and complete again? Amen. Again, I, I want to stress that you are not responsible for that. It is not your willful doing, but somebody because of their violation may have forced a negative soul tie upon you. And, and God certainly understands that. And certainly it's not a matter of guilt, but uh, it may be very important to sever and ask Jesus everything that was ever taken from me by this person in this, would you please restore it to me? And uh, he certainly will. Any images, any threats made, as I say, all of those need to be addressed because Jesus wants to take those away so you don't live under that as well. So those are some of the prayers that we offer. Mm, they're amazingly powerful, Bob. Thank you for uh, sharing that, and thank you for the Scripture references as well. So if you're just joining us, we are talking about soul ties, and I don't think I've brought this up before, so uh, Dr. Bob Moeller is my guest, so I appreciate your uh, study of this, Bob, and your experience with this. I know you've been helping couples for a long time, so your experience is very rich. And uh, when you talk about this, it's uh, it always has my attention because I know that you're I know what you're talking about. So maybe you have been in a marriage that has been suffering, and maybe there's blame and guilt. Maybe there's a lot of conflict with one another. Maybe there's an occasional rejection of one another or a constant rejection of one another. Maybe there's a lack of sympathy or a lack of respect for one another. If that's the case, this could be the consequences of what Bob's talking about, talking about negative soul ties um, through past experiences. And those, Bob, just kind of uh, live on, don't they, unless they're dealt with? Well, that's the thing. Um, these soul ties... Uh will last as long as we live, unless they are confessed and canceled by the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they have a half-life, you know, where they just deteriorate with years or the decades. Actually, we need to um, realize that they, they just simply need to be broken. Now, I want to be very clear that if you're a believer, all your sins have been forgiven. You are justified. No condemnation for that which is in Christ. But it doesn't all, becoming a believer does not automatically cancel the consequences emotionally and otherwise that may be present in our life from, from past, you know, things that have happened to us or that we've engaged in. 
And um, so we're not talking about guilt. We're talking about being uh, caught up or in a bind with something in the past that you want to be free from. And, you know, I'll just give you an example, if, if I can. I, um, I observed uh, a session uh, with one of the men who trained me in this ministry of how to help troubled marriages. He had a couple come in who actually had worked for a very prominent Christian uh, parachurch organization. If I mentioned it, everybody would know what it is. And they had been involved in, in, you know, significant ministry, but they had a deeply troubled marriage. They were not getting along. And in fact, they were talking divorce. And they were in their well, late 50s, I would say, and had been married for several years, but it had been a very unhappy experience. And my friend took them through this process of examining moral failure, past soul ties, and any kind of lingering influence. And in prayer, the husband confessed. He said, and Lord, I confess that I was involved with five prostitutes, you know, prior to marriage. Well, his wife interrupted the prayer and said, wait a minute. You only told me about two of them or three. There were more. And he looked at her and said, well, yes, there were more than what I told you about. And you could just feel all the oxygen leave the room, okay? You could just sense this was a very difficult moment. And as time would have it, the session was almost over That for that day. Uh, it was 5 p.m., and they had been there for three hours, and uh, they would come back the next morning. Well, unfortunately, that we, we had to close the session on that note with her just hearing this news that was rather jarring to her. And uh, my car happened to be parked in the parking lot next to theirs. And I can just tell you, they were having an animated discussion as they came out the door and in their truck. And I, 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 that day, I was kind of new to this. I, 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 in my heart, I was saying, was it really necessary for him to divulge this? Is, is this going to move the ball forward or backward in their marriage? And I asked that question of my friend, my mentor the next day, why did you have them do this? Obviously, you could see what this has done. And he said, well, just be patient. Just wait. Let's see. And I, I'm telling you, as it happened, Bill, the next day at 9 a.m., the couple walks in and they're holding hands. And they're smiling. And they're walking close to each other. They're almost giggling. It's like a junior high couple <laughs> with a, you know, a crush. Mm -hmm. You know, they have, they're crushing one <laughs> one another and i'm thinking who are these two you know <laughs> did alien did alien body snatchers right. come and you know take the real people and inhabit their bodies what's going on here and she sits down and the first thing she says is you know my husband read scripture to me this morning that was so powerful honey would you read that to to the pastor and he goes oh he's beaming yeah sure i'd be glad to and he reads the scripture she goes isn't this wonderful and and i'm sitting there stunned this was a couple yesterday, the whole week, that couldn't stand each other hmm. and, and were thinking divorce. And when it was all over, I said, what just happened here? Well, he explained to me, you know, he said, basically, the soul ties were broken. That hmm. should never have been established. And now their hearts were free to connect with one another. Wow. Wow. And that's what happened. I mean, I saw it. Yeah. I have never forgotten the lesson wow. of that day. What a powerful story. 
Dr. Bob Muller is my guest. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back as we continue talking about soul ties. Be right back. Back to the show. I'm so glad Dr. Bob Moeller is my guest today. Rosie B., you got a little announcement that you want to remind people of as well. Oh, absolutely. So you were able to actually have a video conversation with our pastor who won. And if they, pastor if any, yes, and if and it was so cute, like he teared up. It was so lovely. And if you would like to watch that, it is on our Facebook page at My Faith Radio. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, Bob, here's a nice comment that came in. I agree with what Bob is saying. I dealt with guilt for the first five years of my marriage because of premarital relations. It took my giving it back to God in prayer every time I felt guilt digging in. It took quite a while to be able to really forget and forgive myself for the dumb choices I had made. We have been married for 34 years now. Mm. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? So you're not the only one with good stories. No, No, and it is so important to remember that when we do confess our sins, you know, that um, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And the blood of Christ is going to wash us, cleanse us from all, you know, impurity. And um, it's very important that once we have done this, once we have confessed these, renounced these, severed these ties, that we now resist uh, Satan's attempt to say that nothing's changed or we're still should live under the, um, the burden or the yoke of that. You know, that's a point where we need to begin to announce our freedom and to announce the fact that as far as the East is from the West, Christ has taken our, our sin from us and he has promised that he will restore our hearts and set us free and um, that you, you just don't listen to those lies anymore. And, and you need to refuse them. Mm-hmm. And Bob, As he learned too. Yeah. Bob, I know we're talking about soul ties in relationships, but it sounds like this freedom is also something available to us whenever we get real serious with our former uh, past sin that we want to be free from. And maybe you've got a sin of anger and you've had this horrible temper your whole life and you want to pray that God would intervene and give you a a new heart and a new mind towards how you deal with other people. I mean, there's some, there's some applications from this exercise that we can apply to other areas in our life, can't we? I, I, you know, I definitely believe so that some people maybe have been bound to gossip or Mm -hmm. they've been bound to hatred or bigotry. They've been bound to, 
um, you know, different forms of addiction, gambling, overeating, any number of things as well. And when we confess that, you know, if this has become to the point where it's a stronghold in our life, uh, which might be another way of talking about soul ties would be strongholds that have been formed. Uh, definitely the confession, the renunciation, and then claiming the freedom that we have in Christ um, over that and that uh, and from that. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take couples prior to marrying them through what we call the steps to freedom in Christ, where they look at different issues in their life, where they involved in the occult, you know, seeking power or direction from something other than God and his word, you know, some spiritual force or whatever that needs to be canceled. You know, if you've been involved with that and, you know, any number of other things in our lives where we've found ourselves you know, under their stronghold, unable to escape that. So, yeah, this same spiritual principle does apply. Mm-hmm. So I need Pastor Bob to show up now and just talk to people who are in their car driving home that are hearing this, thinking this is starting to open up uh, some very difficult, challenging feelings. And it might they might be feeling exposed. They might be feeling uh, that this is something that is staring them right in the face. Well, let me just say that God doesn't show our sin in order to shame us. He doesn't do it in order to us feel um, miserable in the sense of that we have no value. God is a loving God who shows us our sin so that he might set us free. You know, his desire is when he disciplines, if you will, is that's the word discipleship is contained in that. He's discipling us. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to be free. So if tonight the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it's not because God wants to take you to the woodshed, so to speak. It's that God wants to take you to the mountain. He wants to take you up to the place of freedom. He, you know, that his conviction is an act of his mercy, not his anger. Mm-hmm. Or or his throwing some type of temper tantrum. Now, if if God has had a divine appointment today with somebody driving home or listening to this, and this is spoken to them, it's because he loves you. It's because he wants you to be free. Mm -hmm. It's because he is for your marriage. He's not against it. Mm -hmm. I often tell couples in my marriage conferences, imagine heaven and all the witnesses that Hebrews uh, 12 talks about, the great host of witnesses. They're all doing the wave in the uh, <laughs> 87 today, okay? Yeah. They're doing the wave on behalf of your marriage. You know, they're celebrating. They're cheering you on, as the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So if you hear this, do not be discouraged, but be motivated to do something with it so that you can be free before this night is over. Yeah. Kind of in the lightning round here, Bob, so I just have a minute left for you to answer this question. I'm wondering if you think there's any negative soul bonds that get made through lust or through thoughts that we have that don't honor God or our future spouse. You know, absolutely. Jesus said if we look upon a woman lustfully that we have committed adultery. And particularly if that's a repeated thought, that could very well form a soul a soul bond. It can you know it can uh, affect how you think and 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 stir you in in other ways. So yes, um, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. 
And I want to send people to fourkeepsministries.com. The prayers that you discussed earlier are going to be up there. Is that is that correct? They're up there now, in fact. Yes. Thank you. And again, that website is fourkeepsministries.com. Bob, it's always great talking to you, and I hope that you are um, having a great November and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, how many of your kids are going to gather for the festivities? Well, I think we have six kids, and all are married. Now, I had two daughters uh, married this year in uh, three months apart, so that's it. Everybody's married. I think... So you, you can't afford Thanksgiving. You're broke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let me recommend that your kids get married a year or two apart or that they elope. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with me today. It's been great hearing your voice. Yeah, thank you. Same here. Yep. Dr. Bob Moeller has been my guest. And of course, again, his ministry is fourkeepsministries.com. That's all the show we have for today. So glad that I was a part of your day. Thank you for spending time with me. And if you're listening to the podcast tonight, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it and I look forward to the next time we're together. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.